0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Good evening. Thanks for joining us. I'm Colleen Christie. Chris and Sophie are off tonight. The manhunt continues at this hour for one suspect in one of Canada's worst mass killings. Miles Sanderson is now formally charged with first degree murder after a trail of horror that began at the James Smith Cree Nation in Saskatchewan that's left 11 dead and 19 injured. Earlier today, RCMP discovered the body of his brother, Damien, who was originally considered a suspect. Rumina Dea has the latest.
2: The body count, climbing. The police update, stunning. The deceased is Damien Sanderson. The body of the 31 year old wanted for murder discovered on James Smith cremation Monday afternoon. RCMP say Damien Sanderson suffered visible injuries, not believed to be suicide. Damien's brother Miles, also wanted for murder, is still on the run.
1: Miles Sanderson, Damien's brother, may have sustained injuries. This has not been confirmed. But we do want the public to know this because there is a possibility he may seek medical attention.
2: The brothers charged with murder Monday after the killing spree a day earlier. 11 dead, 19 injured, 13 crime scenes in Saskatchewan, starting on James Smith Crenation and ending in the village of Weldon at the home of 77-year-old Wes Peterson, a beloved neighbour and friend.
3: Why would you come in and... KILLER, INNOCENT PERSON WHO DIDN'T DO ANYTHING. HE DIDN'T DESERVE THIS.
4: IT MAKES NO SENSE AT ALL. HE'S WEAK and FABLE. I MEAN, HE'S UP IN YEARS. CAN'T FIGHT BACK. YOU KNOW, HE'S NO DANGER TO ANYBODY. He NEVER
5: WAS.
2: JAMES SMITH CREE NATION ASKING FOR PRIVACY AT THIS CATASTROPHIC HOUR. THE MOTIVE, UNKNOWN.
5: PRIORITY IS KEEPING YOU AND YOUR LOVED ONES SAFE, SO PLEASE be careful.
2: The manhunt continues for 30-year-old Miles Sanderson, who's been charged with three counts of first-degree murder. Police believe he may be in Regina, but it's not confirmed.
1: Even if he is injured, it does not mean he is not still dangerous. Miles has a lengthy criminal record involving both persons and property crimes. We consider him armed and dangerous. Do not approach him. Romina Dea Global News. And Global's Heather Urex West is live in Weldon, Saskatchewan. Heather, you've been speaking with people in the area. Obviously, this has been devastating for the community. How are people coping?
6: Yeah, this is two very, very tight-knit communities, the community here of Weldon, Saskatchewan, and the nearby James Smith Cree Nation. And as you said, this is... Devastating. Talking to families on the James Smith Creek Nation, uh, we're, we're talking about families who have lost multiple uh, members of their family and, and have other loved ones that are still in hospital fighting for their lives after such a, a violent attack. Um, as we heard, that, that community is asking for privacy, but we are learning little bits about um, some of the victims. Uh, one of the victims, Gloria Burns, was a first responder. Um, her family member telling us that she responded to a crisis uh, call on Sunday and, and became a victim of the violence. So so much grief um, in that community as well as this one. I'm standing outside of the home of 77-year-old Wes Peterson, Loved uh, community member here, an, an elderly man who uh, neighbors believe was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. A memorial has just uh, is starting to grow outside of his of his home. Neighbors coming by and dropping off flowers. Uh, telling me that they are here to support the family. Um, Wes Peterson's grandson was also home at the time. He was in the basement hiding. He was unharmed, but of course now left to deal with all of this grief as so many other families are across these two communities forever changed after such a senseless um, act of violence here on Sunday morning.
1: Heather, thank you two people are in custody in connection with a downtown Vancouver stabbing that's left one person with serious injuries. It happened overnight in a vacant lot in the Murray Hotel at Helmkin and Hornby. Residents have complained for some time about problems with drug use and disorder in the area. Last year, the city received $5 million from the federal government to set up washroom trailers at the site to support the homeless. No word from police on what may have sparked the violence. The search for survivors has been suspended as attention now turns to what caused a float plane to suddenly plunge into the ocean near Seattle on Sunday, likely claiming 10 lives. So far, only one body has been recovered. We get the latest from Aaron MacArthur.
0: Less than 24 hours after the float plane went down, the U.S. Coast Guard suspending the search for nine missing passengers. At this point, uh, we're not expecting to, to find any survivors. The de Havilland Otter had left Friday harbour on San Juan Island around 2.30 Sunday afternoon, destined for the Renton Municipal Airport at the south end of Lake Washington. The plane went down about halfway through its 50-minute flight off Whitby Island.
5: People on the shore saw the plane coming down very quickly and hitting the water.
0: The U.S. Coast Guard was called to Mutiny Bay and pleasure craft operators around Puget Sound responded. Only the body of an adult woman has been located. Nine adults and one child were listed on the flight's manifest. Certainly a far larger and and more serious incident than we expected to have on this holiday weekend. The flight was operated by Friday Harbor Seaplanes, one of two flights that left Friday Harbor around the same time. The owner of the company was tracking both flights as one went down.
7: There was two aircraft that had departed. The second aircraft was the crashed aircraft. He saw it divert towards uh, Port Townsend slightly, tried to make radio contact and was unable to. Um, Shortly after that, he noticed on his uh, flight tracker that uh, the flight had stopped tracking and notified authorities. Witnesses reported seeing the plane
0: quickly descending into the water. Officials said Sunday there was no distress call. Aside from a few pieces of wreckage located at the surface, there is no sign of the remainder of the plane.
8: For whatever reason, went straight in to the water, uh, didn't
0: even attempt a landing. This was basically, a, it went straight down into the water. The B team will continue to investigate the cause of the crash. The U.S. Coast Guard will continue flying and using remote underwater cameras to search for any signs of the downed aircraft. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
1: Students in B.C. return to the classroom this week, and there's renewed concern about pandemic protocols as kids head back indoors. The vaccination rate for elementary school-age kids is low, and as Richard Zussman reports, that has teachers and parents worried.
8: A pencil sharpener, and then we got some crayons. Emma Reed is ready for the start of school. Some scissors. Gearing up with everything she needs for grade three. A
9: eraser. I think. Excited to like do like some art because I really like art.
8: More than half a million kids will be back at school across BC Tuesday, the third straight school start in the COVID 19 pandemic. Reid prepared with more than just new supplies, she's been vaccinated against the virus. I think it was important just to make sure that everybody's on the same page, but the page is turning. Right now, 5 to 11-year-olds, 58% of them have one COVID shot and just 46% have two. Most COVID-19 measures are now gone from schools with encouragement for kids to stay home when they're sick and to get vaccinated. But some parents are still looking for more information.
3: I'm finding information about the vaccines for kids versus adults and stuff like that and wait, giving it a little bit of time to see what comes up and what doesn't.
8: Parents should expect to get more information about the COVID-19 vaccine and there are some experts calling on the province to provide more locations to receive the shot including directly
10: at schools. We need to start looking at COVID vaccines as no longer being extraordinary and as being routine and something that we need to look at and just take it as a we will be living with this. The BC Teachers
8: Federation is calling for better ventilation system and access to N95 masks for anyone who wants one, with school staff and parents having acute awareness of those low vaccination rates.
9: We were hoping that uh, in the interim over the summer that we would see those numbers tick up. Uh, and while they did, they didn't go up as much as we'd like. So anytime you're in, in a room with that many unvaccinated people, it's a bit concerning, uh, which is why we're pushing for the other protections that we are.
8: And for Reid, that normal comes with a lot of excitement. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria.
1: All right, Keith Baldry joins us now with more on the pandemic in BC. Keith, fall is right around the corner and so is a new vaccination campaign.
4: Yes, it all begins tomorrow calling Dr. Bonnie Henry, uh, Dr. Penny Bell, who's the head of the vaccination program and Health Minister Adrian Dix, holding a news conference tomorrow afternoon to outline the strategy going forward. And this is a a big campaign province-wide to promote the use of the Moderna Omicron variant, or bivalent vaccine, which is new. Uh, So based basically on how it began in the first vaccination rollout, age and vulnerability are key factors in determining the timing of your your vaccination. Uh, The priority groups include people over the age of 70 immune-compromised people, healthcare workers, and the indigenous population, and pharmacies and clinics will again be used to dispense the vaccine. So basically, a lot of places that have not been dispensing the vaccine for some time, because we've only had four or 5,000 doses a week, are now going to be put back into action, because the whole thing is starting up in a much more bigger program and using facilities than we've seen for months. So again, it starts tomorrow afternoon with a news conference in those three.
1: Keith, I'm starting to lose count now. Um, A lot of us have had a fourth dose, but could some people be getting their fifth shot?
4: Yes, as a matter of fact, take a look at the, uh, the breakdown in terms of the doses. The first dose, of course, uh, four point uh, f- five five million people have got the first dose, and basically everyone who got a first dose got a second dose. The big drop off, though, is the third dose. Just two point eight million people have received that first uh, booster dose, and the four doses Colleen, That five hundred seventy thousand people there, many of those will be eligible for a fifth dose because a number of those people are over the age of seventy and are long-term care residents, so they will have access to this new vaccine. Again, it all starts. To to unfold tomorrow. If you want to get this new are going to get it. We're going to get at least a million doses in this province probably by early October, and that number will continue to climb through the fall and winter.
1: Great news. All right. Thanks so much, Keith. The Guru Nanak Food Bank held its first-ever school supply drive today in Surrey. The Lower Mainland's first Sikh food bank was launched in the summer of 2020 during the first months of the pandemic. It now serves hundreds of families and amid record high inflation. Clients are also requesting assistance with school supplies. Volunteers say every day as many as 30 parents request help to get their kids back to school, something that they haven't seen in the last two years.
11: So we have all the basic things that a
12: kid needs in his elementary school. For example, we have crayons, the pencils, obviously and some paper notebooks because they're going to draw as well.
13: Now I'm a bit surprised and sad that uh, we are running
10: a school supply drive. I'll never think about that. People can't buy their groceries. How can they buy the supplies? You know. So education is up more important for than everything so that's why we arrange this because our children get education
1: if you'd like to help the Guru Nanak food bank is still accepting school supply donations and cash Rarely has Labor Day held more significance than it does this year, with labour disputes almost in the public sector, in the public sector making almost daily headlines is what I'm trying to say. As Kamal Karamali reports, the uncertain future is very much top of mind at Labor Day events.
9: At this Labor Day picnic at Trout Lake Park in Vancouver, unions are serving up some gratitude. During a year that's seeing plenty of ups and downs... (laughs) Everyone here singing the same tune.
6: My big message is thank you to all workers.
9: But on this Labor Day, what's front of mind is labor disputes and labor shortages prolonged negotiations wreaking havoc this year, cruise ships held up by job action, airline passengers waiting hours for security. Bowl,
7: empty bowl, Empty
9: bowl. Picketing at B.C. liquor distribution branches meant stores had limited options, bars and restaurants running low on alcohol. I think that the, the best thing for do for people to do is get get to the table and talk. I mean that's the only way uh, any disputes are ever resolved. Some of those issues have been resolved but there's fear of more labor unrest as many more union contracts
5: need to be renewed. I think we're seeing some hopeful signs uh, in terms of government and uh, union negotiations about where we're headed.
9: The B.C. Nurses Union has been working without a contract since March. The B.C. Teachers Federation contract expired end of June. We're going back to the table on the 26th of September. We were a little frustrated about that. It's a five-week gap since our last bargaining day. And that's not even factoring the labor shortage being experienced in classrooms. You're routinely having staff shuffled, so you're having people taken from their primary job to cover absences, um, which means that children aren't getting services when that happens. That staffing shortage being felt across the board. Unions say the only solution is if provinces and employers offer wage increases at the bargaining table. There you go. But for now, this Labor Day is all about taking a break from those heated talks, a moment of peace before the battles resume. Kamal Karamali, Global News.
1: It was supposed to be a fun outing at the annual exhibition in Armstrong this weekend, but for one man, it became a night of terror. He was beaten and abducted after attending the Interior Provincial Exhibition. The bizarre details of the incident in just over a minute. The blitz to determine the state of False Creek's biodiversity and cleanliness and how you can help. And the UK's new Prime Minister and her early ties to Burnaby. Those stories coming up on the News Hour. It is a long-running event, one that draws thousands of people from across the Okanagan and beyond, including many families. But for one man who attended the Interior Provincial Exhibition over the weekend, the night ended with a terrifying incident. As Jasmine King tells us, he was beaten and kidnapped.
14: After enjoying the IP festivities Friday night, a 27-year-old man walking on this street was assaulted shortly after leaving the fairgrounds. Police say that at approximately 12.15 a.m. Saturday, a vehicle approached the man and stopped behind him. That's when, according to police, three men then got out of the car and repeatedly beat the victim. The men then abducted the victim, forcing him into their vehicle. Police say the car fled Armstrong and drove north with the victim still in the car. The man was dropped off at a location in rural Salmon Arm. The victim was found by a member of the public who called emergency services and the man was transported to hospital and treated for non-life-threatening injuries. Global News requested an interview from RCMP to get more details about the frightening incident but did not hear back and IPE organizers told us they would be sending out a statement regarding the incident, but at the time of broadcast, we have not yet received one. An investigation is currently underway, and RCMP described the vehicle as an older, dark-colored Toyota car. Police are looking for the public's assistance with this case and are asking anyone who witnessed the incident to contact the North Okanagan RCMP. Jasmine King, Global News, Armstrong. The clock is ticking. Your last chance to win the PNE prize home next plus this.
15: We wanted to make sure that everybody had a, um, a really good experience and had room.
1: We check in on the success of the PNE's first year back after pandemic shutdowns and Donald Trump scores a victory in the ongoing criminal investigation into those top secret documents. The first full-scale P&E since the onset of the pandemic is wrapping up tonight. And as Grace Key reports, with planning for 2023 well underway, there are a few details still in the air. Come on
13: in, come on over. We're having fun. Look at these prizes over here. The P&E is wrapping up after its first big return since the pandemic started. We're
7: having fun
13: in the sun. There were capacity limits with date-specific ticket sales after guest feedback.
15: It's an easy decision to not do it and, you know, just, you know, take in the money kind of thing. But we start planning a year in advance and we didn't know what the COVID footprint was going to look like. We didn't know what restrictions are going to look like. We didn't know what staffing resources were going to be available. Everybody talks about recruitment and retention. Um, And so we had to make some hard decisions about what we thought we could reasonably do. (laughs)
13: The fair footprint this year is about 75% of what it normally is, with attendance reflecting that. So far, numbers are looking good with about half a million in attendance.
5: I think it's kind of nice that it's not overcrowded. Well, we're happy to be here. It's not that
7: crowded.
13: While guests may like fewer crowds, not all vendors feel the same.
7: I don't think there's a need for a cap anymore coming out of what we've been through over the last three years. You know, let people just enjoy what they want to do.
8: No, the caps are definitely something that has affected a lot of people's business. But I understand why they're doing it, because they don't want uh, a spike in COVID.
15: I won't say it'll be permanent. I will say that, you know, we'll just continue to assess it and see how comfortable people feel and what the feedback that we get is. One of the things that we will continue to do is date-specific ticketing. And so that's been huge. That's been, that allows us to plan for the day. And know in advance how many people we expect to come. We're going to continue to look at the volume of rides that we have, try and increase the capacity of rides that we have so that we can make more people happy.
13: The Peony president says the future looks bright for the 112 year old Vancouver tradition and that they are in a solid enough position to continue making investments for future generations to enjoy. Grace Key, Global News.
1: And meteorologist Yvonne Shelley is live at the PE tonight with more on the prize home, Yvonne. Uh, and I hear it's not too late to get tickets.
12: Uh, there's still time to get your tickets if you haven't, Colleen. You can just go online, that's the easiest way, and we'll have till midnight. We're at the display suite, and I'm joined by Laura Balance, a PE spokesperson. It's been a great PE so far. Uh, this is a popular one, the Pre Prize Home. Tell us a little bit about it, more about it. It's the first time it's in length.
3: Yeah, absolutely. We had heard from our guests for many years that they wanted to see a home in Langley. We've got it there this year. We're so excited. One bedroom suite in it, also another first for our program. So we're very excited to give this away to the lucky winner next Monday, live here on Global News at 6:30. You can tune in and see if you're the lucky winner, of the Peony Prize home.
12: And the grand prize this year is totaling up to how much? And the 50/50 tickets are still available.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So we have tickets on sale till midnight tonight. Peonyprizehome.ca. Uh, you can still buy tickets 2.5 sorry 2.4 million dollar grand prize package and 1.6 is the last number I heard for the 50-50 so they're gonna be two great draws we're really excited Uh, you know don't miss your opportunity to participate in the program all the money goes to our non revenue producing program, so we're always very grateful when people buy their tickets to the PE Prize Home. All
12: right, so there's still time, we'll have to draw next week live on the news hour, it'll be on Monday. Um, it's been a very successful PE this year. Tell us a little bit more about it as well as we wrap things up today.
3: Yeah, uh, we are so thankful to all of British Columbia who have come out in droves, they've supported us during the last two and a half years of COVID. It's been a really rough time for our sector, but in particular the PE, and so we are so grateful to everybody that's come out. We opened the, the gate dates of this year's fair with under sunny skies they stayed all but one day we've had great crowds every corner of British Columbia has turned out shown their love to us and we just want to say thank you so much British Columbia for all that you've done to support 112 years of this great institution.
12: Yeah, we only had one day of rain, so we're going to thank Mother Nature for that and I'll have the full forecast. So thank you so much, Laura. So still time to get your tickets and I'll have your full school day forecast. It's going to be a warm one for tomorrow if you're planning for back to school coming up very shortly.
1: Back to you, Colleen. Thanks so much, Yvonne. PNEPricehome.ca. The UK is about to get a new prime minister. Why, she has very strong ties to BC. Plus, the pro-Trump decision with the courts clearly stacked in the former president's favor. And the effort to analyze and clean up one of Vancouver's most precarious waterways, next.
0: From the stories we need to know, to a look at what's happening right now around us. When BC needs to connect, BC turns to the source that brings us together. Global News. Connect.
1: The woman who is about to become the 56th British Prime Minister has strong ties to Canada and Burnaby in particular. Liz Truss spent grade 7 at Parkcrest Elementary near Simon Fraser University where her father, John Truss, was working for the year as a visiting associate professor of mathematics. In this 2018 Instagram post, she said, 30 years ago, I spent a year in Canada that changed my outlook on life.
8: Liz Truss
11: is elected... As the leader of the Conservative and Unionist Party.
1: Conservative Party members elected Truss as their new leader following a seven week leadership race. Boris Johnson, forced out in July over a string of scandals, is expected to deliver a farewell speech before the handover of power on Tuesday. The new prime minister inherits a weakening economy and a cost of living crisis, the result of soaring energy costs. A win for Donald Trump. The former president has been granted a request to have an independent third party review the documents seized from his Florida estate. As Global's Reggie Giacchini reports, it's a move that will further delay the ongoing criminal investigation.
7: The U.S. Department of Justice says a third party or special master isn't needed because agents have already put aside potentially privileged documents, including some that could be covered by attorney-client privilege. This matter was heard by a Florida judge who was appointed by Donald Trump after he had already lost the 2020 election, and on Monday, she ultimately decided to allow for the external review, citing... What she claims to be some documents covered by executive privilege. That's something that often applies to a current president. Now, this court order effectively stalls the criminal investigation into Trump having highly classified documents at a golf resort, but it does allow for a national security review to continue. Trump's team has argued this special master was essential because there's a lack of trust in the Justice Department, and that echoes the former president's longstanding and baseless claim that the DOJ has been politicized. That undermines the work of current Justice Department officials and ignores the reality that Trump's actions are at the core of this latest scandal. Now, last Friday, this same judge unsealed several items seized during the search, which did include some personal property. Trump's team focused on that rather than the scores of top secret files that were found on site, where in some cases, the envelopes were empty. That's led to a concurrent obstruction investigation. Both parties must now submit a list of candidates to act as a special master by Friday. And some legal experts say appointing such a person while allowing for an intelligence review at the same time undercuts the original decision. And they argue that the DOJ should appeal, even though that could wind up before a Supreme Court that is stacked with Trump appointed justices. Reggie Chikini Global News, Washington.
1: It's a picturesque area and the site of sporting competitions and casual boating. It's also one of the most polluted waterways in Metro Vancouver. False Creek has suffered for years from sewage overflow, runoff and waste from boats. Well now a six-day bio blitz is hoping to begin the process of cleaning it up. The program is collecting water samples to determine what kind of bacteria are present and what kind of plant and animal species are part of the inlet. Some of those species were caught on camera when the Falls Creek Friends Society dropped some bait near the Granville Street Bridge last week. It captured a crab and some spiny dogfish sharks feasting on a meal.
7: We need some basic science to understand what's going on in False Creek right now so that we can inform any kind of restoration or management decisions that this body of water will face in the future.
1: The program is part of a campaign to have Falls Creek officially recognized as an urban marine park or a protected area, with the ambitious goal of making the area a place where people can safely swim again. Yvonne is here with the forecast next. Plus. We did kind of have a later start to this fire season. But B.C.'s wildfire season is still taking a toll. The community is now under threat. Next a commemorative walk in Victoria marking a century since student a student strike that changed the course of history stay with us
0: attention consumers having issues with scammers price gougers corner cutters con artists or big business bullies help is here and rua investigates consumer matters on global news
1: A massive wildfire has prompted an evacuation order in parts of Manning Park, east of Hope. The Heather Lake Fire is one of five wildfires of note in BC. It's grown to 1900 hectares, about five kilometers southwest of Manning Park Resort, crossing the U.S. border into BC. The resort isn't immediately threatened, and crews are working hard to keep it that way. B.C.'s Parks has issued evacuation orders for a number of trails and facilities south of Highway 3. Increased fire activity is expected due to warmer temperatures Tuesday and Wednesday. And extremely hot temperatures blanketed the Okanagan throughout August. The warmer weather sparked several new wildfires in the region, fueling a lingering wildfire season. Taya Fass has more.
11: More than 18,000 hectares have burned within the Kamloops Fire Center region since April, significantly less than this time last year. That in comparison to last year at this time, the same numbers to this time, there was 463 fires and the resulting hectares burned were 497,517 hectares. But in recent weeks, extremely hot temperatures throughout the Okanagan have fueled several new wildfires. We did kind of have a later start to this fire season, so with that number we are seeing That occurring later, and that number is adding up later throughout the season. Just three days ago, the Blue Mountain Wildfire sparked 15 kilometers away from the Caramia's Creek Wildfire. When that one initially started, it was hotter in the area. There was winds, which were a driving factor in the behavior that we saw in that one. According to meteorologist Peter Quinlan, temperatures throughout August were
5: well above average. Temperatures in the central Okanagan normally average out around 20.7 degrees. This year, they trended 23.6 degrees. So, warmer than normal, and it was actually the hottest August ever recorded in Kelowna, Vernon, and Penticton.
11: And several days throughout the month soared into the
5: 30s. We saw 24 days into the 30s throughout the month of August. Normally, we'd only see 10, so that's uh, more than double, uh, about two and a half times the normal amount that we would
3: see.
11: As summer winds down, so do the number of new fire starts per week. But if you do see a suspected wildfire, you're asked to report it to BC Wildfire Service. Taya Global News.
1: It's been a busy day for North Shore emergency crews, in large part thanks to the rain on Sunday. North Shore Rescue and North Vancouver Fire and Rescue were involved in no fewer than three injuries on Dog Mountain, and Mount Seymour, dealing with all of them virtually at the same time. While crews were handling their first call, a woman who'd injured her ankle, another more serious call came in about a man with a head injuries. Both of those hikers were long lined out, the injured man on a stretcher. Yet another woman also suffered an ankle injury. She was walked out by rescuers.
4: The hiking public should be aware, especially if you're new to hiking, Proper footwear is so important. Like I said, it rained a little bit the other day. Uh, I was talking to my crews that are up there. They said it's incredibly slippery, and that's probably a contributing factor to why people fell.
1: Little also says that while they were long-lining patients out, some people were getting too close to the helicopters, taking pictures and video. They want the public to know that shoppers and rescuers need a lot of room, and they should stand well back when they're involved in a rescue. All right, time to check in with Yvonne who who is down at the PNE on the last night of the PNE, Yvonne
12: and there's still time to come down. The fair closes this evening at 11 and the concert series this evening will be Shaka Khan and Patti LaBelle. Alright, it's been pleasant through the day today. A look at our forecast and a check outside. We've got some sunshine still in the mix. It'll be a beautiful sunset this evening. Temperatures are currently sitting at 19 degrees and we've got a southwesterly wind at 9 kilometres per hour. Now, the school day forecast, all important, it'll be a touch cooler for the morning hours heading out the door and then as we get in through the afternoon, it is going to warm up. We'll see highs up to 24 The humidex, making it feel closer to 28 degrees. And there will be some hazy conditions, especially through the afternoon and continuing towards the evening hours. We will see those temperatures warm over the next two, a touch cooler into the low 30s, 20s rather, on Thursday. And we're touching closer to 30 degrees for the interior. We'll likely hang on to that heat over the next two days and then back into the low 30s. So there is still heat on the way. We'll see that into the southeastern corners. It'll be similar and then likely rebounding in towards next weekend. Bulk of the moisture and rain will be along the north coast for tomorrow heavy at times tapering off to showers by Wednesday inland we will see an increase in cloud cover temperatures up to 15 degrees much of the southern interior that temperature though is still going to soar into the upper 20s so pushing closer to 30 degrees in a few spots especially across the southern Okanagan could still be tracking some local smoke across the region and for the southeastern corners. Whistler, the village, up to 25 degrees and along the south coast, so it'll be cooler for the morning hours, heading out to work and school as we get in through the afternoon. that will warm up. will be t-shirt weather 24 degrees, hazy with the humidex. we're feeling at 28, and our five-day forecast is really pleasant for back to work and school. We'll be into the low 20s, and it could get a touch warmer as we get in towards the weekend as well, and our overnight lows will be down between 12 and 13 degrees and we will be underneath clear skies. Alright, tonight's weather window, a great shot. This is from Quinal Lake. We can capture the water, as well as the skies and
1: this one was taken by jade colleen just beautiful all right squire has the night off jay is in and uh you know it sounds like your forecast is perfect golf weather and i know jay is all about the golf. oh so
5: nice Mm -hmm. so nice but it's also good weather for football too the Ah. bc lions had newly acquired quarterback vernon adams jr at practice today
0: i'm excited that he's here Uh, we had a good first day of practice today and uh Yes, yeah, looking good. Ready to get back out to work with him tomorrow.
5: How much work Adam gets in between now and Friday likely determines how much we'll see him against the Alouettes on Friday. We'll discuss just ahead in sports.
1: All right. And commemorating the B.C. school strike against segregation 100 years later. Stay with us. talking how neither of us actually got outdoors today.
5: My wife went golfing, though. Oh, good for her. I know. (laughs) Money. You and I have been working hard, though.
1: Yes. Well, yes.
5: Let's talk a little (laughs) football, shall we, Colleen? Bye week officially over for the BC Lions. Newly acquired quarterback Vernon Adams Jr. on the field today for his first full practice with the Leos. Biso's in Montreal on Friday. Might be a bit of a stretch to see Adams starting the game against his former team think it's a definite possibility. We'll likely see him play a few minutes. Antonio Pimpkin taking most of the first reps at practice today. Michael O'Connor still nursing a groin injury, according to head coach Rick Campbell. Whoever ends up starting for the Lions has a tall task ahead of them.
0: It's pretty cool, you know, to get, get that adrenaline going, get out here, get a few reps, you know what I'm saying? And, um... Yeah, I'm just doing whatever I can just to keep getting better each day. New challenge, and I've been in the same offense pretty much for the last four or five years. So now I'm learning a new one. And uh...
5: We're about to find out if Vernon Adams Jr. is a quick learner, because if he is, there's a good chance he'll play against his former team in Montreal on Friday. Not necessarily as a starter, but as a veteran quarterback, Rick Campbell can slot in on short notice if the Lions need that calming, composed voice
7: in the huddle. He's played enough in this league and understands things and um, you know sometimes things have different names but he's going to understand concepts and all those things so so far so good and uh, like I said I fully anticipate him being ready to dress and then as far as what role that ends up being on Friday that's to be determined over these next three days. The likely
5: scenario seeing Antonio Pipkin behind center to start the game, how he performs or underperforms the deciding factor when or how often we might see Vernon Adams Jr. What we do know is whoever ends up quarterbacking Lions have big shoes to fill. Prior to Nathan Rourke getting hurt, Feesey's offense was piling up the points and the wins. Lions hit to Alouette country with an 8-2 and record, having lost their first game without Rourke as their starter.
4: Uh, ultimately, I'm just looking to try to do my job for the guys. We got a lot of playmakers um, on our side of the ball, and our defense does an incredible job. So I just want to get comfortable with the guys, get the guys comfortable to me as well. Um, and just let those guys make the plays like they've been doing all year.
5: Playing the minutes that you did in that game, especially late in the football game, was it slowing down for you? Were you seeing more?
4: Uh, I'll say so. I mean, uh, experience and the more reps you get, even when you take a break from not playing, just getting back on the field, getting those live reps, um, they're meaningful. Um, You've got to take them as such. Um, so I think it did start to slow down a bit, and I'm looking to just build upon that in practice, starting in practice, starting our meetings, and I'll take you to the game so the game can be easy.
5: CFL Labor Day Classics. Argo's going to Hamilton and beat the Tabbies. Brandon Banks, a pair of touchdowns against his former team. And the Peters hold off the Elks in Calgary. Calgary's two points back of BC. Of course, the Lions holding down second in the West. Massive upset at the U.S. Open today. For the first time since 2017 Wimbledon, number two seed Rafael Nadal will not be playing in a Grand Slam quarterfinals because this guy, Francis TFO shocked the tennis role and I think he actually shocked himself a bit. He still might be in disbelief what he did today because he took out Nadell in four sets. He did it in stunning fashion. His first serve was on flamethrower all day long. He was averaging 133 miles an hour on his serve. Nadell, of course, was a perfect 22-0 entering Grand Slams this year. He won the Aussie, won the French, didn't play Wimbledon. But he was just overpowered today by the 24-year-old from Maryland. He's the 22nd seed. He becomes the youngest American to reach the quarters since Andy Roddick back in 2006. Just look at the emotion afterwards as he shakes hands with Mandel, who he actually had a photo taken with about 10 years ago as a kid, and he beats his idol today on the course. Very cool i so will also mention number one, Iga Switek, so was a winner today as well. Blue Jays opening up a key, uh, key series in Baltimore. Bo looking like he's geared up to step in, a, uh, step in a squared circle with the Young Bucks there. The uh, Jays pounded out 14 hits in the first game. of The doubleheader, that's Teoscar Hernandez with a 415-foot bomb to straightaway center field. Jays win the first one today, 7-3. And here's what they did in the second game. It was a productive labor day for the Jays. Bo Bichette, shows. I'm telling you, the guy was swinging a sledgehammer at the dish. He went and off in this one. Trail. Third inning, tattoos his 19th homer of the season in the left field bleachers. He was just warming up. Bichette, Bichette hit not one not two but three home runs today he becomes the 25th blue jay in the history of the franchise to slug three dingers in a game five rbis on the days the jays win big today 8-4 so seattle tampa bay toronto in a dogfight for those final two wild card spots the jays a game back of the mariners they're a half a game back of tampa bay 8-4 they win it today what a game for beau bichette wow Wow, indeed. That was cr- wow,
1: indeed. I was, I was enraptured by your uh, sportscast. Thank there, thank you, Colleen. Nice. Thank you so much. Listen, when we come back, making amends for an historic wrong. Stay with us.
0: Attention. Need the latest info on budgeting, personal finances, taxes, affordability, or any other money issues in this pricey province? Then get informed. Andrua examines consumer matters on
7: Global News.
1: Jordan Armstrong is here with a preview of what's coming up on Global News at 11. Jordan.
7: And Colleen, of course, we're keeping a close eye on the manhunt in Saskatchewan for the lone remaining suspect in the deadly stabbings. Also, as kids head back to school a Burnaby Street, is getting some much needed improvements following a deadly accident back in May a 14-year-old girl was killed walking on 11th Avenue which is no permanent sidewalk tonight details on the safety upgrades coming to that area and we're watching the slow crawl that is the Cocahela Highway no stalls no accidents just plenty of volume with Drive BC warning the delays may exceed 2 hours just south of Merritt A full wrap-up of the day's news tonight on Global News at 11. Colleen.
1: Thanks so much, Jordan. The Greater Victoria School Board apologized today for a dark chapter in the city's history that excluded Chinese children from the public school system. The racist policy didn't work and prompted a protest movement which brought the Chinese community together. Kylie Stanton has more on the effort to make amends for an historic wrong.
10: We're going to go along Vancouver... Across Bay Street, the route is laid out. Thank you, and they're ready to march. But getting to this point has been much more difficult to navigate. Our kids belong here. This is a picture in 1921, right before the strike happened. The following summer, the Victoria School Board, then chaired by George J., would pass a resolution to segregate all Chinese students up to grade seven. The policy coming into effect on September 5th of 1922. Principals removed the students from their classes and led them to the Chinese public school on King's Road.
9: And when they came down here, uh, the students dispersed and went home. Without the bold courageous steps of these uh, children, uh, we, we don't know what the future would have held.
10: The student strike lasted an entire year, eventually forcing the board to reverse its segregationist policy just in time for the start of the 1923 school year.
5: They stood up They fought back, and most importantly, for our city to become a better place. They won. They won. They defeated segregation.
10: Now, a century later, the community is retracing the students' steps, walking from George J. Elementary School to King's Road to commemorate the milestone anniversary. The current school board offering a formal apology, calling it long overdue. While we cannot undo or change what happened 100 years ago,
0: We can and we must acknowledge that hateful policy and we must seek to make amends.
10: The Greater Victoria Chamber of Commerce and the city echoing those sentiments.
0: It was racist and it was wrong.
10: But we still have a long way to go as a community and with all of us here today, I'm so confident that we're gonna continue to do that work. And with every step taken here, the community moves forward, starting a new chapter while closing another.
14: Reparation is important to uh, reconcile our community together.
10: Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria.
1: All right. Oh, my goodness, Yvonne, what what have you got?
12: <laughs> well, I had enough time to get two essential things from the Peony Mini Donuts. These ones are from the Little Donut Bakery. And then we were lucky enough to get some cotton candy, but it looks like it's just as big as me as <laughs> well. Huge. I don't know which one your pick is, but... It's huge, like everybody was we saying, it was like Marge Simpson hair.
5: I just thought that it would be cute. i to sample some.
12: <laughs> it's, it's, Let's see. Yeah.
1: It's gonna, yeah, you're gonna have lipstick good? all over that cotton but, candy. <laughs>
12: um, donuts, I'm gonna get into. They smell so good. It's, it's the moment that we wish we had Smell of Yes, But There's is. still time if you wanna come down to the fair. Closing at 11 o'clock tonight. Concert, uh, Patti Labelle's down here. Kicks off at 8. And if you haven't, get your ticket for your prize home. It's closing at midnight tonight. But, yeah, Thanks. great fair, guys. And it's really pleasant down here tonight. Oh, so lovely. I'm going to finish this off and this. Maybe
1: both. It's my dinner. It's your it's dinner. dinner. What the heck? No, no judgment. No judgment. <laughs> that's, that's the news hour for tonight. Thanks for joining us. Hope you have a great evening. Take care.